Well, this morning, uh, I, I have titled my message, and I have to look because I changed the title three times. Oh, okay. It's The Mystery Unraveled, and that's what we're going to talk about. And you're wondering, what is the mystery that we're going to unravel? Well, just relax. We'll get there. So don't get too excited or too worried or too nervous. We're continuing on our series of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, to take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3 with me. We're going to look at the first six verses of chapter 3. Um, if you did not bring a Bible, there's Bibles in the pew. And as always, I'll have all the scripture up on the screen as well as we go along. Now, let's rewind and remind ourselves of what we talked about last week in the book of Ephesians. Paul is talking about all of us as believers, as a part of the body of Christ, we are building blocks in God's temple. And the Holy Spirit dwells within each of us. And in this grand superstructure of believers, Christ is our cornerstone. In other words, Christ is our reference. Everything we do must line up with Jesus Christ, just like everything in a building has to line up with the cornerstone. And although our methods may change because things change around us, our message never does. So in light of all that, we move to the next part, and we're going to read this passage as we go along. There's an outline in your bulletin uh, if you'd like to take some notes on some things that are said this morning. And the first idea is this this morning of being imprisoned and empowered. Look at verse 1. It says, I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ Jesus because of my preaching to you Gentiles. Paul is a prisoner. And why is Paul a prisoner? Now remember, Paul has been talking about the fact that how uh, he has this ministry to the Gentiles of teaching them the truth of God's word. And this ministry um, says that the Jews and the Gentiles are united together in a new body. And this is uh, Paul's message of God's grace, not just extended to the Jews, but to everyone. Now, remember, Paul is in prison in Rome while he's writing this letter. And he's literally in prison because of this message that he's sharing, this message of grace, especially his message to the Gentiles. Now, I'll say this, that in fact, it was Jewish opposition to him uh, preaching this message to non-Jews uh, that caused him to be attacked in Jerusalem and eventually brought to Rome for trial. That's a story for another day. I don't want to spend all the time on that today. Just understand what Paul is saying here. So look at verse 2 with me. It says this. It says, As you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing his favor to the Gentiles. Paul was given the responsibility to share the message of the gospel with the Gentiles. And this responsibility was given to him by God. In the original text, uh, can be translated that Paul was given stewardship over this message. And God entrusted him with the message of the gospel. And he was called to share with the Gentiles the grace of God, which he himself had received. Now, look what it says next. We're going to talk about this mystery revealed. Intriguing, right? Verse 3 as I briefly mentioned earlier in this letter, God himself revealed his secret plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand, or I should say, as you read what I have written, you will understand what I know about this plan regarding Christ. Uh, the same verse in, in the New American Standard says, by revelation there was made known to me the mystery. So he calls it a mystery or a secret plan 
because it was unknown to man until it was revealed by God. And then Paul says this, he says, now, looking back on what I've already said in this letter and what you are about to read, you will be able to understand what I'm talking about. And what I'm about to share with you will further your understanding of this mystery. And what I understand about this mystery was revealed to me by God. Now, stay with me here. Verse 5, it says this, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now has revealed it by the Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Understand what Paul is saying. This gets a little lost in translation here, okay? He's not saying that this mystery was not revealed at all in the Old Testament. He's saying that this mystery was partially revealed in the Old Testament, but is now revealed fully in the New Testament. In other words, God had not revealed this mystery in the past to the extent that he has now. Now, what's the mystery? We'll get to that. Everything that happened in the Old Testament was a prelude to Christ and the cross. You've heard me say this before. Everything in the Old Testament had a purpose of leading us, leading mankind, to the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, right? From Abraham placing his only son on the altar as a sacrifice to God, and God providing a sacrifice to take Isaac's place, to Israel putting blood on their doorframes to protect them from the tenth plague, and the shedding of blood protecting them from death, to Moses putting a bronze snake on a staff for people to look to for healing and to be saved from death. We may look at some of the events of the Old Testament and say they were a bit cryptic in regard to God's plan being revealed, but as we have the luxury of hindsight, we can go, oh, I see what God was doing there. I get it. Okay. All right. In fact, the word reveal that is used here means to uncover or unveil in the original text. Now, Paul is not saying that he was the only one who knows this mystery. He says this mystery was revealed to the apostles and the prophets, and Paul is one of them. So, what is this mystery? What is this secret plan that Paul has been talking about? Well, Paul's going to get to the point, finally. Incidentally, again, Paul, literary disaster, okay? We started in verse 1. At the end of verse 2 is a sentence, and you'll find out, and I'll, starting in verse 3 is a new sentence. That sentence doesn't end until the end of verse 13. The man could not find a period to save his life, okay? Terrible, and I'm going to talk to him about it when I get to heaven. So, finally getting to the point, this is what Paul says. He says, and this is the secret plan. The Gentiles have an equal share with the Jews in all the riches inherited by God's children. Both groups have believed the good news, and both are of the same body, enjoy together the promise of blessings through Christ Jesus. That's the big mystery. And you're going, well, duh, right? But this is something new for them to understand. But Realize this. Paul says that there are three significant things here about this mystery or secret plan of God's, okay? Three significant things. Um, and the whoops, I didn't mean to go there yet, sorry. And the first is that the Gentiles and the Jews are both heirs to God's riches, okay? And the second is that they are of the same body. And the third idea is this, that they share together in the promise through Christ Jesus. 
This mystery is not something mysterious at all, is it? It is a sacred secret hidden in ages past, but now revealed, revealed through the gospel. The mystery is that everyone has been joined together through Jesus Christ. It's kind of a letdown, isn't it, when you say, okay, this is the mystery, and I say it, and you're going, well, yeah. Okay, but I think there's more here, and there's more for us to understand. Realize, first of all, that when Paul was writing this, realize this, that he's writing this, and they're going, Because they've never heard that before. Now, we've heard this many times. Hopefully we just don't go, oh, hum. But this idea of God's grace is extended to everybody. This was a huge revelation to the Gentiles and the Jews that Paul was writing to. So I could emphasize that all day, and you'd probably still yawn a little bit. But the point is, what do we do with this passage? And this is where we come to the, the denouement. I love to use that word because people just don't use that word very much. The denouement. My sons and I talk about the denouement all the time when we watch a movie. How does the movie finish? How does it wrap up? Are all the, are all the uh, things uh, put together at the end of the film? Don't you hate a movie that ends that you go, well, but wait a minute, what happened to, what happened to that guy? And, and, and why was this person doing this? And what happened over here? They didn't explain anything. Don't you hate that? I hate that when I see a movie. My wife and I watched a terrible movie not too long ago. It was called something like The Ending, ironically. That was the name of the film. And we got to the end, we said, well, wait a minute, it didn't end. It was terrible, it was just awful. It left you with more questions than you had before the movie started. So the denouement, in this case, is important for us to understand. And I'm gonna try to wrap this all together of what Paul is saying in the six verses and how it applies to us. Because God's word is valuable and is as useful for teaching and training, is it not? And God's word never returns void. So let's see if I can help you out with this a little bit. This mystery is very important for us to understand, although we've heard it a hundred times, because it is who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. As followers of Christ, there's three things I want to point out to you here, and this is something you can write down in your notes if you like to write stuff down. As followers of Christ, we are all heirs to God's riches. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that God's got this, all this money waiting for us, and when we become believers, all of a sudden, a couple hundred thousand dollars wind up in our bank account? You guys didn't get that? Well, I didn't either, right? So when we talk about God's riches, we're not talking about financial riches. And let me tell you, friends, you go to a church where somebody takes this verse and says, see, God wants you to be wealthy with lots of money. Walk out the door, please. Because that's not what it's about. God's riches. What riches? We were singing about God's riches this morning. We were talking about that in Jesus Christ alone, we have everything. We have hope. We have peace. We have joy. We have a future. We have a purpose. And we have our homes secure for all eternity. But the riches of knowing and understanding as we journey through this life, the joys of all that God has for us, as we live a life as God intends us to do or do the best that we can and learn what it means to, to yield to Him and yield to the Spirit in our lives, we see God working in our lives. We see God's riches in our lives. 
I've had many conversations with people who say, gosh, I seem like I can never get ahead. Uh, how, how about you? It seems like you've got everything all together. And I say, I don't have everything all together. I just know that God's taking care of everything and I don't have to stress about it. God's riches. So as followers of Christ, we are all heirs to God's riches. That's true of everybody here. Do you understand that? Everybody who is a follower of Jesus Christ, that is true of you. And every believer here in St. Peter, Nicola County, Minnesota, the whole country, the whole world, it's true of all of us. The second idea is this. As followers of Christ, we are all of the same body. Paul talked about this earlier. He's driving this point home between the Gentiles and the Jews. It wasn't the Gentiles joining the Jews, and it wasn't the Jews joining the Gentiles. Together, they have become one body in Christ. One body and a new body. And we talked about this too, that as God adds more people to our body of believers, we change a little bit. We change as a body, which is an okay thing and a good thing, right? Because we talked about how the world changes around us, and there are times where we need to change. Never our message, but perhaps our methods and the tools that we use. I mean, think about if uh, the Christian church today still ignored radio. Well, there was a time radio didn't exist, right? And some pioneers in the faith had to say, hey, this whole radio thing, I think we can use that for Jesus. Same thing with television and movies and podcasts and things like Spotify. Oh, by the way, I'm on Spotify now. So if you want to go collect some of or listen to some of my old messages, just type my name in and it'll take you to messages, which is really, really cool. I had absolutely nothing to do with that. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate that, Wes. Thank you. Um, but we have to continue to be able to adjust, right? But we are all part of the same body. We're different. We look different. We're young. We're old. We're fat. We're thin. We're tall. We're short. We're Republicans. We're Democrats. We're dog lovers. Yeah, um, and we have all these things that make us different. We have different kinds of jobs. We have different walks of life, but we are still all part of one body. And the cool thing is because of what we talked about last week, that as we are all each building blocks of God's temple, the Holy Spirit dwells within all of us. And because that Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us, no matter how different we are in all these other ways, God dwells in each of us. And that Holy Spirit allows us to become the body of Christ. It allows us to become God's temple. Are you with me? All right. Now, here's the third one. As followers of Christ, we share together in the promise through Christ Jesus. The promise that we have. And that is that promise of salvation. That promise that our eternal destiny is secured and that cannot change. God has that promise for us through Christ. We, we sang earlier, in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my joy, my strength, my song. Jesus is everything. And because of Jesus Christ, we are heirs not only to God's riches, but to God's promises. 
Jesus told his disciples, and that's the same message for us. I go before you to prepare a place. If it weren't true, I wouldn't say it, Jesus says. In other words, I'm not a liar. I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. We have a home to go to. And we have a God who is waiting for us. And we have a God who desires to fellowship with us. And we have a God who, while we are on this earth, has a plan for us and has a purpose for us. And friends, the greatest promise of Christ, of our salvation being secured, boy, it takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? I mean, you can't say, oh, good, I'm going to heaven, good, one less thing to worry about, right? No, that's everything. There are so many people in this world who are sad and lost and wandering because they don't have that. They don't even know what it is that they don't have. They just know they don't have it. And there's this massive hole in their lives, and they can't figure it out. And they're going through this life day by day. It's about going to work. It's about earning money so I can have a home and falling in love and having a family. And everything in the world comes up short. And they're like, what is it? And we know the answer is Jesus. Now, Understanding those three things about who we are as followers of Christ, there's something else that we need to realize too. And listen carefully. If there's nothing else you hear this morning, please hear this. Just like Paul, all of us have been entrusted with the message of the gospel. Paul was called to share with the Gentiles the grace of God which he himself had received. Paul had an incredible salvation experience. He's going out there persecuting Christians and Jesus strikes him down right on the road to Damascus and says, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And Paul had to come to Jesus' moment, literally, right? Where his eyes were open to, oh my gosh, I've been wrong. Jesus is the Messiah. Friends, we are called to share with all mankind the grace of God which we have received through Christ our Savior and Lord. We have that responsibility to share the grace of, that God has extended to each of us that has opened our eyes and our hearts to his truth. We have that responsibility to share that with others. We have been entrusted by God with the message of the gospel. And we have been given the responsibility to share that message with everyone who will listen. When we share the good news with somebody and they, eh, okay, walk away, our job's not done. There are others to share the good news of Christ with. I've said this before, that in all the things that we are involved in in our lives, how often do we take a moment to tell the other people about Jesus? Your missions field is your life. Everything that you do, the people you encounter, the people you work with, your neighbors, when you do things like do a show or, or, or whatever you're involved in, there are people who need Jesus. And we are called, and we have that responsibility to share that message with anyone who will listen. You'll be surprised the number of people you talk to about Jesus that, oh, I've been thinking about that. Oh, somebody shared something like this with me a few weeks ago. You'll be amazed how God works. Because you know why? We're the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is working. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just work in you. 
He works in the entire body. I remember I went on a missions trip with teenagers down to the Dominican Republic one year, and we were down there, and it was going to be a very evangelistically focused trip. And the pastor there said to us the first night, all these kids were all jazzed about being there. He said, I want you to understand something. You are not bringing Jesus to the Dominican. Jesus is already here. You are partnering with us, and the Holy Spirit is using you to continue to advance the gospel message. And I was like, oh, you mean the body of Christ is here too? <gasps> what an idea. What an idea. Friends, that is our responsibility. So get out there and do it. As Nike says, just do it. Paul says he shares the grace that God has shown him. That's what you can share. I don't know the right scripture. I don't care. Share. Share what God has shown you. Share what God has revealed to you. I don't know the words to say. The Holy Spirit does inside of you. Get up a little intestinal fortitude and tell other people about Jesus. You don't have to preach at them. Just say, you know, Jesus is the most important thing in my life. I'd love to tell you more about it. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. For now. I have a friend that uh, I'm doing the show with who uh, told me the other day he's an atheist. It's going to be great. We need to get out there and do it, friends. I don't know how else to say it. We need to be willing to go out and share the good news of Jesus with others. Amen? Amen. All right. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul's example. And we do thank you for the responsibility that you lay upon us to share your good news. So I pray for us as we leave today that we would go in the strong name of Jesus, empowered by your Holy Spirit, to share your good news with everyone we encounter, that they may know the grace of God that we have experienced in our lives. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.